clubhouse. Attention all passengers. The temperature outside is minus 119 degrees Celsius. We are six years, nine months, and 26 days from departure. For your personal safety, be prepared to brace. Welcome back to Pod Clubhouse's final episode of coverage for TNT's third season of Snowpiercer. This is for the 10th episode called The Original Sinners. Ooh, right. <laughs> With me, as usual, donating their time generously to this effort, I have my friend Kat from the Latinx Lens podcast. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Just came back from a two-year-old's birthday party, so I'm having to prop myself up with caffeine and calories. <laughs> and uh, my good friend, Inez. How are you doing today, Inez? Lovely. Thanks for having me again. It is my pleasure. All right. So this one was called The Original Sinners. And by that, I can only assume that they mean like the big three clashing. <laughs> Melanie, Andre, and of course, Mr. Wilford himself. First take, right from the gut, I gotta admit, I didn't like this episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know stuff happened, but it's the stuff that happened is <laughs> the problem for, for me. Totally get that. What about you guys? I wasn't super totally mad at all of the stuff that happened. It was more like, oh, finally stuff's happening like in this season, like after it felt like it was sl slow for a long time. But to me, it was just way too fast. Like mm. there's no buildup for anything. <laughs> it was just like, this is it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it did feel like the pacing felt very different from the whole season. Although I did enjoy this tempo, like I like that stuff was happening. I do feel like, you know, they were trying to get to their destination, the finale. Um, but, nice. More train yeah. humor. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean to, but it just comes out. And so I did enjoy it in some ways, but it feels a little disconnected. <laughs> Sorry again. Um, from the from the whole season because uncoupled, if you would. Yeah, right. uncoupled. Um, and then it also left me feeling like, well, I can't wait to see the next season, which I feel like a season finale should tie it up really well, but also leave you wanting more, which I guess they did. But it also kind of felt like some of the stuff that happened this season. I don't know, maybe it's not satisfying or just felt like they sort of washed it, like, you know, kind of like, okay, well, that actually didn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. I do think it was going really fast and that was a very different pace than what we were used to. So, but I'm curious to know, like, why, what story you don't like about it? Well, the way that it ends feels as if they were told as writers and producers of the show, end this one like you're not going to get any more. And none of the other seasons had ended like that. If they ended this season at the end of season, or if they ended this show at the end of season three, you basically have an ending. You know, you have Melanie's train still out doing their thing, and you have Leighton's train stopping where they said they were going to stop. I know that we have season four. Before I got online, I verified <laughs> that there is a season four. And yes, there is. But like you said, Kat, it seemed like where we go from here seems to have diminished and washed away certain things that happened in this season. And then the pacing made it so that there were so many handshakes and then double crosses 
mm-hmm. and things that usually play out over the span of an episode or two that we had people willing to kill and then hugging at the end of the same episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that didn't quite sit right with me in terms of the development of all this. Like Melanie comes back, she betrays Leighton, she takes over the train, and then by the end, they're like hugging it out after their forces just about met on the battlefield in one of the ag cars. I don't know. Too fast, too much. We didn't build Not up. earned. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like you guys yeah. said. So do you feel that... They added that last bit when they knew they were getting season four, the three months later, and then there's like some missile going off. Like, do you think they were like, oh, we got to continue on now that we got the green light? Like, do you feel like that was misplaced or you think that also felt like an ending? Because to me, that didn't feel like the ending. That was like, okay, now we're going to go into the next phase of this. That gave me some hope that Snowpiercer might return with Melanie and the train and then just forget Leighton and the rest of the bunch that decided to stay landbound. <laughs> um, when you read uh, or, or watch retrospectives of shows and you learn afterwards that certain things had gotten too pricey for the amount that they wanted to make the show for. And so they needed to find a way to get rid of a certain amount of the cast, (laughs) you know, and that's almost what this felt like, you know, it it was like, well, David Diggs maybe wants to move on and Mm -hmm. the others that stayed with him maybe wanted to move on or we couldn't afford them anymore. So let's cut the cast in half and still have a show, and they can have a happy ending even. But mm, ah, uh, just like the fact that Melanie still wanted to go, that stayed true to her her deal. But Mm -hmm. as as watchers of the show, we're like, oh, so there is a new Eden, and there is this, as we've been referring to it, a (laughs) woo-woo portion (laughs) to the show where revisions are allowed to take us places, and they actually work for some reason. Yeah, that was... That was really annoying because it kept coming up. It was always this terminology that was basically like faith versus logic and facts. And I I feel like that's like a constant play out that we see in like politics of can you trust this person when they're saying these facts and stuff, but it's like negating their religion and they're not religious. So like you can't trust them because they don't trust God or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we always knew that Leighton's mission, the woo-woo effect, was tied up with this kind of blind faith that wasn't really believable. And I don't think really any of us well i'll speak for myself i never bought into Leighton's vision i think everybody knows that how i feel about him and uh, melanie everything (laughs) i know weird right (laughs) melanie just she everything that she says and opens her mouth and uses explanation i'm here for that you know where she says favors reasons and shatters dreams and it's like yeah like i've had to make really hard decisions like this like you know not like keeping train people alive but yeah like i've had to make decisions based off of like what i want versus what i should do and i used the logic and facts before me to make those decisions so i didn't like that they 
kept emphasizing this logic versus blind faith, reinforcing this vision that he had. And even on like on the posters that I was seeing, like in preparation for finale, right, where they show the train going up this big tree. And I'm like, why would you show me this tree? I already know it's like fake and not related to it. (laughs) You know, like this tree triggers anger for me. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I was really kind of like eye rolly through like every single time I had to like see this conversation. And it was probably like like four times in this episode that that same conversation kept coming up facts versus faith facts versus faith and it was just kind of like okay i get it i get it like we want to say that how we're like so heavy on facts that we should follow melanie just so that layton can prove us right that you can also go by faith well i do think it is faith but i also think it's more of like i don't know i mean they were saying how like Melanie didn't want to go that route because she could not like, like there was data to maybe go that route, but like not certain, like not a hundred percent or not like where it would satisfy her scientific mind to be like, this is for sure. Like we're going to find new Eden. So she didn't want to risk it because then everyone dies. But then the others, I guess they were like, okay, willing to go for what, like the 70% chance, like there is a chance. So it's not just sort of, you know, like they're going out for no reason or just like, cause they really want it to happen. Like there is some evidence, but it's not like they could still die. So I did like that part where they were kind of like some people just wanted to a change, you know, like they don't want to be on Snowpiercer and they would risk dying just to have that chance. But I can see kind of like and then obviously the title of the episode two, the original sinners, like it is very they were doing like the faith versus facts, which, yeah, I mean, I'm not religious. So, yeah, not a fan, but well, there's I wish not a lot of sin talk in, in fact based. Uh... Yeah, yeah. But like, I wish they would have framed it a little bit differently because I do think the others were not just going like on blind faith. Like, you know, like I think there it was some evidence. It just wasn't a for sure thing. And I can't blame people who have been through like the turmoil of the train to be like, yeah, like I. I mean, we could die, but I also like, this is my life. And I, if there's a chance that I could go outside, I'm going to take it. Like, I, I think yeah. that makes sense for some of the people on the train. I respect that. But like, I think that where I kept going with the logic here was like, okay, I know that the history of this train is so much of how it runs and sustains itself and has this ecosystem is based off of like it running. So they get there. Did they plan for this thing to completely derail the train? So the yeah, train can't I didn't move understand now. That. So, so how, how am I supposed to expect that they now are going to like figure out how to like generate power in like negative five degree? celsius um environment or i guess what is it is it fahrenheit i don't know whatever but it's yeah. like really really cold it's still so they do it's have the little pool yeah. like how are they planning to have everything in place that you do i mean maybe this is the part where people will come back and tell me hey inez indigenous people lived in these regions and they survived in these ways you know so maybe it can go down the way i can see a season four possibly um you know I would, I want to see that. I want to see the science behind how they're going to make this ecosystem work. But I don't think that they plan. Did anybody say, like, be ready to derail when we get there, like, through this ominous storm? They've been talking about the track quality being suspect. 
Right. Yeah. But like, I feel like track quality would have either been like a death or like a we'll make it, but like to survive. And then also their train can't move anymore. And yeah. Like- and then also like how like I it was weird how they were just like because I could understand like, you know, people chose to go. But I also kind of don't like and maybe that's where you were talking about, Paul, where like they didn't think that they were going to get a season four. So they're like, let's just go outside the train. And I was like, is no one good? Like, could Josie go first, you know, to maybe test out the water? Like they just like opened it and like went and I was like what if the air wasn't good I don't know maybe they could like <laughs> see that on the um with the computers but I also was thinking like it would have been cool to at least have them hesitate a little bit and then like end the season without them going out first so maybe that's where it comes into play with like, they didn't know if they had a season four because it just seemed a little too abrupt like oh yeah we landed in the and we've never gone outside like so nonchalantly you know and mm-hmm. and I do agree with you Inez like that I that part I didn't like like I, I didn't mind them like separating and people going because I thought that was interesting and could have a cool like you know if like there's stuff going on on the ground and like for next season I feel like that opens up some new areas um like maybe there's people who have survived you know like I don't know stuff like that but it was just weird how they were like able to go out all of a sudden and I thought that was the woo-woo part of like okay like I don't know about that like I wish it would have been a little bit more eased in and also yeah like they just crashed and I was like uh that's weird like how are you gonna do this like i don't know like what if the air wasn't ready like were you just gonna freeze to death they had just been a couple of weeks away from the volcanic air quality issue that almost ruined the train remember so those kinds of things are still happening around the world now i don't know the horn of africa's proximity to volcanoes i kind of don't think that area is known for that but i don't know (laughs) I'm just pointing out that things that our world is not accustomed to in terms of air quality, like you guys are pointing out, happen in their world because of reasons. Hashtag reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Once it was found out that Andre had lied to everybody... This is where where, where it starts to go nuts for me, is that he's still able to rally support... Were I on the train and a thinking person, the viability of New Eden all of a sudden just tanks for me. Maybe that's as as a viewer, too. I know that I've seen it. It just doesn't wash for me. It doesn't make any sense for me that the data that Melanie had been collecting had been suggesting that this would take still some amount of years. And I think that's probably still right. Like you guys pointed out, without some way to generate heat or learn really fast how indigenous peoples of colder climates lived, they're going to lose what, 70 or 80 percent of those people because they're just not going to adapt quick enough to that colder climate. Yeah, who's to say that that water is like drinkable and like <laughs> they... right, right, all those things. And Andre murdered Pike to keep this like big secret, and so now I'm like angry, remembering how like now Ruth is stuck in the Horn of Africa over there without her homie that she was like a good match with, all because it was supposed to be kept a secret, and then like all for nothing because the very next episode, right, it all went to shit, and everybody found out anyway. So what was the point of killing Pike? writers why did you do that (laughs) Mm. okay well surprised by ruth's decision to go to new eden yeah but i think it's one of those things where i think that it was telling when she spoke with melanie where i think she in some ways have given has given up the fight or is just tired and i think maybe also the fact that like pike did die and she was just like i don't i don't want to do this anymore like the train politics so maybe she just wanted to go 
like try to have a new start, but I'm still surprised that she would go and just follow Layden to this, you know, yeah. and, and, and like Melanie's the smartest person on that train. Um, and Wolford on earth, on, yeah, on, earth. Earth, on, on earth. Yeah. On earth. I mean, I would totally be team Melanie. Like, I don't like her the way she does things, but I know that she's like the smartest engineer. So like, why, if you're the last people on earth, you're going to go with someone else who like lied to you and doesn't really know science. That was a little spotty for me on the Ruth decision for her to go. It's, it honestly just feels like a TV thing. Like we got to split them up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you just pointed out, Leighton killed her, her guy. And the potential of that is something that maybe hasn't rattled around in her brain quite enough. It's almost like they took her, her character up to the point of being the resistance leader and then just took the foot off the gas. <laughs> and just let her coast for the rest of the season. That absolutely, I feel like that totally happened. Um, and, it, you know, maybe they intended Pike to always kind of be this key role in her character arc, but it just doesn't seem fair to, or doesn't match the kind of presence and the kind of value that she brings that, yeah, I felt like also that why is she just like on the sidelines? Like, yeah, yeah, still we're keeping up with the mission, still keeping up the show. We're still going to do this. And then, you know, I will say though, that I did feel like watching her outside of the train, like just feeling her face and breathing in the air. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I could, I was experiencing this freedom of like that, but because she looks over, I did like how they gave her the relaxed look. Like she finally got, to put away the outfit the uniform and she was just ruth she wasn't the head of hospitality anymore so i did like that experience but i agreed i don't feel like um her character was done justice or is it something also where maybe because pike died and like everything that she's been through she was like man it has to be worth it sort of like when josie tells um the tailies when they're going through the whole like track and it's derailed she's like it's gonna be worth it and after what ruth told melanie of like i've come too far to go back like do you think it was she was just like fuck it like if this doesn't work out then i'm done because i've already tried so hard and the chance of having sun on your face was worth it to her because of everything that she's been through especially like the last straw with pike but it's just weird that she would go on that journey with the person who murdered that person (laughs) yes that's the part that got me about Ruth, the bad taste she should have in her f- mouth for Andre. But I wonder, now that you mention it, Kat, how many of the New Edenites had the fuck it attitude? Because, you know, they were about to live through another violent train overtaking or whatever you want to call it, um, coup d'etat. It would sort of get to be like, is this going to happen like every so often, you know, where someone just tries to usurp the current leader of the train violently? And this was like a three-way thing this time. It might be there's a small amount of people that were like, you know what? I'll just take my chances with the uh, roll the dice gang <laughs> just <laughs> and go to New Eden. I mean, I, I, I imagine that they're probably like war fatigued. That yeah, that's mean, what I right? mean. I mean that like, is, that's what I mean. Yeah. The tail has suffered the most of anybody over the last eight years. They're the ones who have suffered the absolute most. They've only had like a year of finally being able to like leave the taily, leave the tail and do something within the train. So I could see why that group would be like, fuck no, I don't even care if this means that I'm going now. Or yeah, like people just kind of like over these idiots at the head that just keep making decisions that impact all of their safety. And yeah, I could see that. 
Now, maybe I should save this question for the end, but I'm just going to ask it right now. What half of the train would you have gone with? <laughs> do, you, you, do, do you want to guess <laughs> what I would pick? My guess <laughs> is that you would never again bet your life on the whims of Andre Layton <laughs> if you could help it. I will literally continue to follow Melanie to the ends of the earth. I am like Ben level committed to Melanie. I am Melanie level committed to Melanie. (laughs) That's a high level. What about you, Kat? I hate turbulence on planes and stuff. So any like that shaky track thing, you know, I would not be about it. So, um, and I hate being cold. Like, you know, that's like, I'd rather be probably burned to death than, you know, if I got on the fucking train. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I do not like the chance of like either freezing to death, starving to death, or just like going off the track does not sound appealing. I mean, if I've already lived eight years on the train, what's another 20, you know, like at this point. So, and then there's going to be less people. So, it'll be like more comfortable and then you're with yeah. the the smartest person in the world so i feel like we're gonna have the best chance and then like down the road you know if like new eden like you, we learned that that they are um able to uh, sustain life in a few years or whatever like when we can get in contact with them then i'm sure she would like go and park us near there so i feel like why not you know keep it safe and we don't know what's really going on and if the person who's the smartest one in the world says the science is not 100 percent, i would stay with her even um miles stayed with her you know <laughs> so he's like you 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 guys are crazy so she was like i'm staying here with the engineers yeah he, he said i need to stay with the smart people so they can yeah. teach me how to be smarter <laughs> but oh you, my God, he was so tall too <laughs> yeah i would have stayed on on melanie's train also going off on um on just like a faith (laughs) journey like that wouldn't have been my style. Staying with the train, even though that's not a sure thing, uh, I feel like it's got more chance of a future. Like, take into account, maybe they can find out that the people that got to New Eden got to New Eden. Maybe that happens. And Melanie can be like, great for you guys. We're just going to wait until it warms up a little more. I, I Like Kat, I would be like them, you know, this yeah. sorting out how to live below freezing, rationing, diminishing stores of food that they had allotted to them because the ground isn't going to be able to grow stuff in that cold temperature. I mean, that's how the growing cycle works, right? Winter, <laughs> the cold part is when stuff dies off. Um, and this is going to still be that for a while. It's not going to be summer. They could, I forget which month they said that they were in, but it's still going to be cold no matter what season they're in. And it's going to be like that on a year to year basis still. They're looking at like a very gradual warming. It's still not going to work out. I just don't think. I mean, obviously the TV writers can do whatever they want to make it just like palm trees and sunshine if we ever see them again, but it won't feel right to this viewer. I didn't even pay attention to which train the doctors went on. Did one of them get off at New Eden? What, can, do they have a chance? <laughs> yeah, the the crazy I forgot what her the uh, creepy doctor uh, went with uh, Layden, right? With the icy new Bob. 
Oh, um, I see, I see Bokey. I see Bokey. Yeah, yeah. So he, I think they went together. They're like smiling with each other. It's funny. Yeah. So she, she went because I mean it makes sense for her because she could experiment and also she has like he. I, I don't know why like they didn't send him and Josie out first. You know, like go test it, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And then and then I get they didn't really show the other doctor, but I'm assuming she stayed with Snowpiercer because I didn't see her on the on the Eden train. Me neither. Maybe yeah. we'll see some change of heart in personality of the doctor that's uh, stayed with yeah. late in bed, right? Like, what's a year of being like the only doctor in this now deprecating environment that all yeah. of these people are in? I wonder what that's going to do to them. But she's probably know. burned as a witch because she believes in science. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have followed the former cop who loves to say that he doesn't know anything about science and who has incited and led so many wars and made so many horrible leadership decisions and lied to me. I don't, I don't get the logic. I'll never get it. I think that just makes me a stronger Melanie fan. Since we talked about Bogey, can we just land on him for a second? Okay. Yes. I had an issue with this massive personality change. What do you think would have caused such a dramatic change? They're just doing the skin grafting stuff. Why is he now like Frankenstein's monster? We don't see him be like a normal person again until he's like smiling in the snow. It reminded me of when the maester brought the mountain back to life. <laughs> and he was just a brainless killing machine at that point. I mean, he was a killing machine before that. But after that, he was just, a, just, just, just like a Frankenstein's monster kind of kind of thing. It, it was like the same thing with, with uh, Bokey. It was like... That, he was, that did annoy me. He was sort of, you know, he was, he was uh, rough around the edges, but he was more or less warm guy, um, especially to, to the people that he had bonded with. And he had his loyalties and, and things like that. So he was a little bit more interesting character than just like a background player. And, right. and here he was just... Smiley. We still haven't, like, throughout the three seasons, they've given us a little, like, tidbits of the science of, like, whatever the lab is doing that with this cold experiment and stuff. But we never, we haven't gotten any, like, it, it is very much like, I guess they're like, oh, don't give them too much because then it's not going to make sense. And maybe giving us a little bit, they think that's better as, like, a viewer, you know, because we don't, they don't have to kind of, like, make it make sense. But then we get, like, these, like, the icy boykin out of nowhere. And then you're like, okay how did this like we just are assuming she perfected this like i don't know it's it's just kind of weird and like conveniently now like she's able to control him better and like she he doesn't need a suit and like all this stuff is like that's like crazy advancements and it's like wouldn't they want to fine-tune that for like other people like does it have to be always someone who like they lose their personality or it's like frankenstein like do they have to be dying or is it because that was like against his will so he didn't really have a choice you know there's like all those very interesting questions but like we haven't got any of that because they don't is it well he hardly know. seems like an upgrade i mean josie yeah. is, is pretty well she's functional yeah and normal yeah and, and bob had he kind of understood where he was in life so he knew that to remain alive he needed to keep working and doing what the headwoods told him to do because i think his condition depended on their constant intervention bad dog doesn't get 
the milk bone, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so he has to keep doing what they say. But you could tell in those few conversations Josie had with him that he didn't really want to. He wasn't really a bad guy. It was just, what was he going to do? Die? He didn't want to do that either. So he had to do their bidding. Both of those things are actual characters, though, Josie and Icy Bob, whereas Bokey was like just maybe it was the sort of thing where he had been clinically dead too long. So he lost some capacity before they managed to warm him up, get him online again. I don't know. So he really is Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> from the dead. I was really, I was like sad about that because I thought I really liked his character um, when we saw him. But thankfully, you know, after I finished Snowpiercer, I went to Disney Plus and I started watching Hawkeye and I saw Bokey in there. I was so happy. Oh, was he one of the tracksuit mafia? <laughs> yes. And they used him a lot and it's so funny it's so funny but yeah they used him a lot and he was in there and it made me happy again because i i was bummed about this whole like now he's just a mindless body monster thing it didn't make any sense to me it would have been nice if they would have brought back pike and then yeah but oh, to well. reprise his role like the walking dead yeah yeah <laughs> Um, can we talk about Wilfred though? Like, is he just gone or are they going to like pick him up down the road? Like what's going on with that? I was a little bit confused with that and it seems so convenient, but I did I kind know. of love it, but it also felt like, okay, like, couldn't we have done this a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It was uh, like, they brought in that vehicle just to have a vehicle to give the audience that possibility <laughs> That, well, he's out there. He might just appear again sometime in the future. Because if you don't have an on-screen body with some sort of death, then they're always liable to pop up again. Although they're basically giving him a very passive death sentence. It's not for sure, unless you get, like, Pike getting impaled on a, on a knife. That's definitely dead. I see it as, as riding him out of the show. I don't see him coming back Given the way this ended up and the way that I saw a lot of fans turn on the show this season and the more that I reflect on this season and think, did this have the same energy and, and sort of vitality as the previous two seasons? And think maybe not. Maybe it is kind of spiraling at this point. I just don't see where they would fold him back in because I see the show <laughs> winding down at this point. What about you guys? Do you guys think that there's more Mr. Wilford or do you think they're going to have enough challenges with what they've shown us so far that we don't have to worry about that element anymore? I accepted this as like a leaving the door open to bringing Wilford again in season four that's how i interpreted this that they weren't just going to straight up kill him because they love to make things really complicated and i did have a sense of like oh this is like fun justice because melanie survived this way because this motherfucker left her out there to die in the snow so i thought that was like a really clever turnaround like go melanie so but, but i did leave this thinking that he was going to come back and maybe that's just wishful hoping even though it'd be cheesy as fuck that oh like we're like picking up wilford now we'll just see what's going on right and then we just start all over with with him again but honestly season three for me was so much of like i just always looked forward to wilford and ruth more than anybody else and then of course the end melanie and that's just like consistent with my notes he just has the best lines he makes me smile the most and like he's like i admire him now <laughs> 
I know it's so bad. If you go back to listen to like season two <laughs> with the commentary of how much I was like appalled by this character, but this is just how much Layton has like hurt mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> I love Wilford now. So anyway, that's my thoughts around it. It would be so cheesy for them to bring it like, and the only way I could see him coming back is if he either figures out how to stop and like, where would he stop? Because I'm sure he already missed the window to go down the same track. And that's like, he's on a different track, right? Because like the one that she was on, it's like some weird They were thing. conveniently alongside a parallel track, right? When they yeah. made it to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. So then that would be very like hoo-ha of like where, how are they going to get him? It seems like it was really hard to get Melanie. It had to like line up perfectly. So like, how would they even get him back? I mean, they did kind of it open because they're like oh well you got plenty of supplies like so I don't know how long it would last him and then it would be kind of silly if there was like some situation like maybe the three months shoot like the missile kind of thing to be like we need Wilford for this let's go pick him up like if Melanie thought that yeah like if Melanie needed him for any reason why didn't they just put him in a drawer because they didn't want someone probably to come out like go and wake him up so I feel like this was like okay we're gonna get rid of the Wilford problem once and for all And, and I do feel like it was fitting like you said Inez like he left her to die and then he was like well you know here it is you try to survive or I guess you're sentenced to death I don't know but it does feel like they left it open in some way but I just don't know how it would they would be able to come back and if and not it being out there of how they're going to bring him back and like why you know like like it just it doesn't make any sense I did enjoy his grumbling and like commentary that he was making (laughs) while he's like getting in there and getting cozy Mm -hmm. and like doing his stuff. Or like, I was just, I was just like, man, like in this game of Thrones of what Snowpiercer is doing, you know, Wilford was just the fucking best. Yeah, so, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna so miss weirded him. out with myself. I feel so bad for like anybody that like really hates this character because I cannot contain my amount of love for anything that comes out of his mouth now. Like, and I think that's why I really do hope that he does come back somehow. I accept the cheesiness. They put me through a lot of cheese, like that's especially true. this season. So if they're gonna give it to me, give me Wilford. Yeah, and it's gonna be sad because I mean it does feel like. <laughs> pun intended it's losing steam and i feel like the fourth one is gonna be the last i think because of like the viewer reception for season three and then like obviously they've they're filming season four and i feel like that's gonna be it yeah it's feeling like they don't really know where to go but i do like this possibility of having like the train world and like melanie like what that could entail but i don't know how that's gonna like what what's gonna happen if there's no Wilford? Like there's no I guess it's gonna be the what, the weather or the if they meet other people that have survived, like that Whoever sort of thing. that missile. That be, yeah, the obstacles. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they have in store for season four. I mean, we're gonna continue, right? We gotta finish the podcast out. <laughs> so we're gonna watch it regardless. But I wonder how many people are gonna stop watching it or if they already have given the season. Although I will say the last two episodes were really good, but maybe people stopped already before that because of the, the way the season was going. I think people will see this one and be like, I, I have enough story to leave me happy enough <laughs> that that if if they do anything like make season four come out later than it should or change the day and time or something, people are just going to be like, meh, and move on to the next Netflix binge and forget and just wait until it comes out on Netflix and be like, I'll watch it there, I guess. And it's such a bummer because um, the concept is really fun. And these first, like the first two seasons were really strong. This one, I don't know if it's just because they were heavy. 
heavily impacted logistically from the pandemic and all of the rules that changed with how they had to film and things like that. Maybe. maybe that had a lot to do with how they executed this. So I'm giving my, I'm just maybe just trying to understand pandemic's impact on filmography. Well, the one and two were made almost back to back. So the cohesiveness. They do flow. Yeah. yeah. They flow super well. And that's why they yeah. released in the same year. They were made. Yeah. They just kept making the show. And uh, I don't know if they had much of a layoff, but I don't think they had much of a layoff. They just kept going, which was weird because when we were getting the, the screeners at the time, they didn't give us all of them. And we were like, what gives? We know you have them. <laughs> but yeah. That's funny. That scene when uh, Mr. Wilford getting into the tiny disposal pod. <laughs> Something about it reminded me of when they were writing Joey's Drake Ramore off Days of Our Lives on Friends. And he, <laughs> and he, and he didn't want to get in the elevator. And they're like, no, you need to get in the elevator. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just sort of like a cheesy turn of we need to get rid of this character. And the character is just supposed to agree with it. You know, there was like no chance he would even like try to not get into the pod. You know, I guess he didn't really have like a chance against more people, but he didn't put up any struggle at all. He was just like, well, got to get in that little car, hook myself up to that IV and go. Yeah. And it's weird because he's such a survivalist. And yeah. I would think that he would want to go out guns blazing. Me too. Or just be like, no, I'm going to, I'll do this, blah, blah. Or bring up something about the train that he, only he can know so they can keep him. But like, it was, it was really weird for him just to kind of go in and like not do anything. Maybe because Melanie survived it. And, you know, he's always like in competition with who's like the most brilliant person. So maybe he just kind of accepted it. I felt like it was really obvious at this point that they didn't have him put up with any kind of fight or anything because they just didn't have any time to do all the stuff they wanted to do in this one episode. Because I did feel like everything was super, super rushed. So I feel like that could be why, you know, so if I had to justify it logically, I would just say because Melanie survived it. So he's just got he's just conf that confident <laughs> that he's going to survive too. Uh, logic. <laughs> Did I miss something or was Andre, was he exhibiting some amount of faith in the first two seasons that I just overlooked? You know, there was that preacher figure that Bess investigated and was momentarily involved with under his spell for a second. But I don't remember Andre having this element where he would follow faith and a vision and to this degree where he'd convince half the train to go with him. Maybe that's where, as I look back over my satisfaction with this season, where I'm most dissatisfied. It's just like that big... Yeah potential shift. Maybe I missed it. Maybe he was like kissing a crucifix the entire time every time he went into <laughs> battle. But I just I just don't remember that part of it. I don't either. Maybe that's why it seems so out of the blue and, and that's why it doesn't feel earned. Like Melanie, her choices make sense because she has stayed true to who she is at least and what the character would do. But for him, yeah, I don't remember. I, I remember him being like he would trust Melly. Like he didn't like what she was, how she was doing it, but she, he understood like, oh, it's for the good of the train. Like there's real danger out there. And then all of a sudden like that went out the window. And I would think it doesn't even make sense. Cause if you have a kid, like you guys do, like, wouldn't that even be more so that like you would want to keep them protected instead of like go into this unknown where she could freeze to death. Mm -hmm. So 
I was like thinking that's a little bit weird because just from a dog mom perspective, I'd be like, uh, Rex, you're not going out there, you know, like we're going to stay, we're going to stay on the train so you can, you we're know, see stay what alive to those other people first. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we can go play fetch in the snow, maybe, you know, down like 10 years, you know, so I was like, so that actually just thinking about it, like the fact that he does have a kid and Zara has been like, yeah, we got to protect her. We got to protect her. And like, but you're taking her into this like unknown thing. Like, I don't know. It just seems seems like it's going against everything and i don't know it doesn't make any sense that brings up an excellent point what did they do with jupiter they didn't put him <laughs> in the pod he's with melanie i guess so because it'd be cruel to send him with javi that would be fucked up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right exactly like i love javi yeah you wouldn't definitely wouldn't need to send him with javi that would just be mean unless there's a, a Another plot point in the show that you guys want to nitpick, and I guess we could forever. Maybe we should go through the characters and talk about their ultimate decision and how that sits with you. I'm just going to go down the IMDb billing list here. And strangely, I mean, Andre, obviously, duh, he <laughs> he led this crazy thing. But next to him is Best Hill did her last second change of heart to decide to stay on the train surprise you it did me did me she's i believed her when she said that she'd had enough and wanted to stay off the train hmm was i surprised I don't think that I was like surprised, but I wasn't expecting it either. I, I guess I just didn't. I guess I'm just I'm so used to her following Leighton all the time. And I was really sad that she was still going to do that because like for Andre, why would you do that? But I'm like, OK, well, she's been like on a one track mind on that like front forever. Um, but I'm going to was... need like a special sound effect for the train puns. Uh, <laughs> yes, <this> <laughs> please. <laughs> and, uh, but I was. I was super happy when I, when I saw her change over. That made me really happy. I agree. When I saw her happy, then I felt happy. And that felt right. That even though she was following another person, it still felt right for her to want to do that. I mean, we've seen her go through ups and downs and like different relationships throughout the seasons. And if at the end, she was like, well, what's the point of being in this world at the end of the world and she's finally found the person that she, you know, wants to be with. And also is it's reciprocated the feeling. So it clicked when she actually was going to like be separated from her. So I really like that she, she made that decision. And regardless of whatever happened, she followed her heart and like, I don't know. And I did like that. She finally like got away from like when she was like, Oh, I got to like get away from you or something. <laughs> and so, yeah, I thought that was very fitting. It was nice. I actually thought maybe Alex would do it, but it doesn't make sense from the, the show standpoint because they need a good engineer over there oh we'll get there so, yeah. we'll get there yeah. okay we talked about ruth but what about ben 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 was thinking about not going with melanie almost out of like uh like spite, uh, spite. yeah <laughs> but would he have been happy and useful feeling and fulfilled a being away from melanie you know, after the train finally crashes, <laughs> New Eden, now what? Oh, okay, well, Melanie's not here and um, your skills are kind of useful, but none of your technology works anymore. So hmm. that makes sense to me that he would stay on the moving train. What about you guys? Yeah, I think it made sense. And I think his... Um like he loved Melanie. I think he was just being a little bit stubborn in that moment of like, for good reason, because she did 
obviously kind of like rebel and like, like kind of went against him and that trust. But then I liked when they had that moment of like, Hey, well, if I'm going to stay like, you know, you better not fuck up again. Like basically, or like (laughs) you better make sure like, this is it, you know, this is your end game, I guess, sort of thing, because I don't want to deal with this, you know, these crossovers anymore. So, um, yeah, I thought that was fitting. I mean, like, and again, like it's the end of the world. Do you want to be alone? Like you've already found the person that you love or like, you know, like enough and there's not that many people to choose from. So it makes sense that like you would want to stay together. For me, it does. Uh, let's see. Zara, 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 Zara. She must have gotten off the train. Yeah, she did. I think I remember seeing her off the train. The alternative would have been staying with Melanie, going with Andre. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Well, that would be a particularly cruel choice to be like, no, I'm staying on the train. (laughs) (laughs) With the baby. With the baby. I would have. I would have stayed. (laughs) Train with the baby. I'm like, "Mm, if you want to go out there and like die early, like that's on you, buddy. (laughs) How about LJ's ending? Oh my God. I, you know what? Like it's a little bit sad, but I thought it was so good. (laughs) (laughs) That was one moment when I did feel a little fulfilled by this episode was like, well, okay. (laughs) Did you do a little smiley face? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like (laughs) swallowed the eye. In terms of her character in season four, if we're going towards like being like, oh, we're all one train, you know, on the two trains, there wasn't going to be any room for scheming or so we know right now. So I think she wasn't really going to fit in that world anyway, like on Snowpiercer. So I thought it was like if she was going to go, that would be a, a, a good time to go. And also the way like she thought like she kind of went against uh, it's sort of like the I'm trying to think like uh, it reminds me of like a Titanic. thing. I don't know, like they end up dying anyway, you know, or something like that. Well, she almost, she died as like an afterthought sort of yeah. like, like she was just bumped. But because she had that thing in her mouth, the <laughs> false eye in her mouth, she joked. Yeah, she died with her dad's eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially after that beautiful, like, I'm a survivor speech. And so this was <clears throat> ironic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Our finale is just fantastic. <laughs> it's my only chance I've got now until season four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Miss Audrey has a second chance, it looks like, at being her old self, but she has to stay on the train to do it. She feels useful in the night car, and the night car still has a role to play in the future of Snowpiercer. I feel like she's right where she belongs. Same, yeah. Yeah, right at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she's got her friend Melanie back. Yeah, I think that that was the call that made the most yeah. sense. And she's got her whole wardrobe yes. and makeup in yeah. there. You can't, Man, like, what's she going to do that in minus five degree weather? <laughs> you can't take those gowns. It'll be cold with the sequins. And the previous owners have uh, moved out. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Javi. Javi was a bit of a, a question mark for me. I personally thought he probably should have stayed with Snowpiercer. I could understand, like, the element of going through the whole scenario with Mr. Wilford and Jupiter and the dog. Those are the same thing. How he would just have that sort of, like, I'm done feeling that we described earlier. However, he was really, really butthurt from the lying. And this was one of those hug-it-out scenes at the end where I just didn't buy it. 
you know, just the, not that staying there would have been like easier because of the butthurtness, but still just that, you know, bygones are bygones, even though it's been a day since you wounded me deeply. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that one, I felt the same way as you did, Paul. I was just thinking like, well, who the fuck is going to ride this train that's going to go? Because I was so sure that Javi was also going to stay with his posse. And there's never any kind of like hints that he's not happy being an engineer. I'm just going to pretend that they did like a short straw draw. Mm. <laughs> and, and you know, just like poor Javi has happened like this whole season. He's got the short stick again. And maybe that's how he handled it. I don't know. I can't logically put this together. I wish that he would have stayed on Snowpiercer. It made more sense for me for him to be there. But I feel like if they could have given me more insight into like what was going through his like head and soul at the time, maybe I could buy it more. So far all of the diversity has has left the train. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <no>. shit. <laughs> Uh, now it's no white piercer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it is. So we'll have, we'll have to keep going here, but uh, we'll have to check it out. Josie, Josie, Josie. Of all the people that left the train, I think I will miss mm-hmm. her and one more that I'll cover in a second. Uh, I know you guys already mentioned Ruth, and Ruth's, Ruth's the big loss, but Josie also. Josie's character was one that I, I really liked, but it's not surprising that if Andre was leading the way that she would want to go that way once that time and place element of the reason she said that she couldn't be with him disappeared because of all the other reasons that went along with being on Snowpiercer. So I guess it makes sense. What about you guys? Again, once you found your person, like, I think she was just trying to be strong because of the baby, like obvious reasons of the baby and thinking maybe Zara and that tie of having to come between the baby mama that you can't fulfill. Maybe she thought she wouldn't be enough for him or she was just like also coming off the maybe not romantic feelings from Ben, but, you know, kind of like that happy feeling, you know, of after like being with Ben and be like, I don't need you, you know, like I'm good. I got it somewhere else. So like, I think I'm going to be okay on this end of the world apocalypse. But then when Ben was staying and she was going, it's like, well, I guess you are my person. Maybe she was able to kind of look past. I think that makes sense, though. Like, it seems like that's kind of a realistic, like, you kind of fight it, but ultimately you're going to end. And then in this apocalyptic world, I think I'm okay with that decision. And also for her, like, she can sustain the cold. I mean, not, I think she's, she still needs a suit, mm. but like, I feel like for her, she also had, um, not the loyalty, what is it? Like the responsibility she feels for the Tailies that stayed or that went along with them and like probably wanting to protect them because she's always been like the mother figure of, you know, that um, or the leader for them. And so I also feel like she did mm-hmm. it for that too. Like, you know, because little Penny was going, is it Penny? Right. Winnie. Winnie. Winnie was going. Winnie. So like, I feel like she also did it for that too, you know, to help them because she knows that she can sustain a little bit longer. So maybe she thought like if shit hits the fan, I can kind of like help the people, you know. That makes sense. Josie was also one of my favorite characters. I will miss her in action on Snowpiercer, but I think for her character specifically, like she's not a soldier. She's just like a human. And then she has, she does have a responsibility to her role in like helping her community, which are the Tailies. I think Paul, you're right. These probably are a lot of Tailies here in season three, specifically, they showed them have all kinds of like traditions. Like this is probably the most like uniform, community that exists on the train is with the Tailies community, right? Like they do these chants, they 
pound their chest they pound on things like they're all like seem to know these like taily rules um and that nobody else like has so i can definitely see her tied from like that loyalty factor to the taileys who probably do make up the majority of this and she does genuinely love layton i think that it makes sense for her to go there from her personality from her character but i will miss seeing her she is one of the most badass women on the show so hope that's i think why i hope that i do see them in season four because i really love her and roots yeah yeah me too all right mr roche and carly roche i can really empathize with the idea of of this dad following his daughter like leaving the decision up to the daughter the daughter says let's go or i'm gonna go and he says well i'm gonna go with you you know the daughter's not quite done cooking (laughs) in terms of her still being a teenager so he wants to see that through and i and i get that and especially since she was so you know loyal to him earlier when he was having his down period following getting out of the drawers yeah she was it was really moving it was a very moving scene watching her tell him like her plea was basically like i still need you i am an adult but or i am like a grown person but i still need you so i think that we'd be heavily criticizing the decision of them to split um Mm -hmm. after that all right oz it's funny we might have discounted oz's approach to being a survivor just because maybe it's it's not as loud and, and brash and can be overshadowed by someone like LJ. When she approaches surviving, she kind of grabs the, the issue by the throat and then does something crazy and, and <laughs> takes it off guard and then somehow survives in, in the chaos that ensues. Whereas he has another quieter approach that has also worked for him, more or less. And it worked for him this time. He managed to make the right choice, at least for him, so far as we know. And he went with the New Eden train. He was never really one of my favorite characters, but he he has had a steady, not arc, I guess. He's it's more like been an incline. The decisions that he's made have reflected a growing uh, maturity and, and sense of belonging to the community that didn't exist in the beginning. He's still not one of my favorites, but it's not. It's just from a lack of knowing a lot about him. It's it's more like I think he's okay, and and I think he wound up. He could have wound up either place, but I'm fine with him in New Eden. There's a few that I'm pissed that left the train, but he's not one. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think he's always been in the back and we haven't really gotten to know him as much as like Bess, but he's been there enough and in those scenes where I think like his progression makes sense. In the beginning, he was just surviving and doing what he needed to do and being a little bit brash about it. And then I think he realized that he could do another way. And then I think he, LJ, he did want it to make it work because she's one of the only younger people on the train. But maybe he can get with Alex, you know, like down the road. Although she's probably too smart for that. Um, like, yeah, there's all kinds of theories now. Like There was a specific post in some of these Facebook groups that were like, okay, so like, who do we think Oswald is going to be with this season four? Like, already... I thought that was funny. I just want to put that out. I had missed those. That's funny. (laughs) Speaking of Alex, though, this is one of the things that pisses me off, that they would have battled emotionally, gone through such hills and valleys together, finally meet up again, and they understand why each other is doing what each other's doing. And then she's like, I got to go with the other train. (laughs) It's like, what? 
are you talking about? It makes no fucking sense, right? None. Especially since, like, no. she... I, the only thing, and this is like kind of reaching for straws because I, you know, want to justify it. But like the only thing is that maybe she had come from like the school of Wilford of such always having to be on the edge, having to use her reason, having to play those games with him, testing her that when she finally got the other side of finally letting loose a little bit, enjoying, you know, like meeting friends, like that sort of thing that maybe she was like, you know what? I want that life. Like the, the childhood I never had of like being outside, growing up in the normal world. And I think that's the only thing I can justify. And also she's like a teenager too. And she finally is able to kind of like, she is no longer under the control of Wilford. So maybe that also has loosened up. She hasn't really had Melanie be there for her because she like left right away. So I don't know. I think she was just maybe I need to do this on my own. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense to you. Like your mom's one of the smartest person on the earth and you don't want to be with her. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. And she was always so science based. And I, I don't know. But that's the only thing I can think of, of having more of she probably knows it might not work, but having to do it because of like she just wants to have maybe like a normal chance at it because of the way she grew up on the train. I guess like maybe I just feel I don't like... want to discount that. I I didn't yeah. I never saw that and I think that that's valid, Kat. I do think it's valid except for the fact that there is no like old childhood to experience and go back to, right? Like they're just in like snow and a puddle. And so I think what makes this hard for me and I and like Paul said, I don't discount. I think that's totally valid, makes sense. And that I, it helps me be a little bit more accepting of it because I was really fucking pissed off at this <laughs> because, you know, we've reminisced on this podcast all season long, just really spending time intentionally to talk about the tenderness and the sadness and the sweetness or like mother daughter, like parent child relationships. Like we were making like some really beautiful kinds of connections here. And then the reunion was so beautiful. I even made us like pause for a moment of silence so that we could like soak in the beauty of how well-written that scene was and how beautifully executed it was. So that's why this makes no fucking sense to me. And it makes me like rightfully angry <laughs> because it's like, wait, 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 wait. like you thought she was dead. You were really, you kept her alive you really did feel she was alive and then why is it that you just need to know what is it that you just need to know this makes no sense and she's still in the beginning of the season she's still learning how to be an engineer there's still a lot of like stuff that she's going to she didn't know that they were going to be derailed and like permanently like just like stopped and unable to move like just because like that train is fucking huge like how are they going to fix all of that in the snow with like not enough gear for everybody I don't know I'm just there's They're so not. many holes in yeah. all of this and I feel like this also is a reason why I will need to see people in New Eden back in season four, because I need to understand how they're going to fill up all of these holes, because this one I am really, really upset about. I don't get it. And going back to what you said about the derailment, like when the train departed from each other, um, trains uncoupled, they really couldn't foresee that one train would derail but no one contested the fact that the track was iffy heading that direction they even had everybody sort of almost like crash positions they were 
sitting in, in ways where they were hunched. And if they got thrown around, they wouldn't bash their heads in. But now that the train has derailed, they've pretty much made it so that even if they could make contact with Snowpiercer, which maybe they can't, Snowpiercer can't come and ever save them or do anything or drop shit off or anything. That piece of track is unpassable now. So it's like, it's a done deal. They are disconnected from each other forever unless the writers pull some sci-fi magic out of their hats and just make it possible for them to meet up if they ever needed to. Just the way that they've ended this makes it really feel to me like we're continuing on with Melanie and that gang. I just don't see us moving forward with the rest. I have no inside information, though. I have no way to verify that. It's just my own personal opinion. I don't know why you would call it Snowpiercer, but then you have half the show dedicated toward these people living off the train. That's pretty much the end of the main cast. There's a few other, you know, incidental people, but mainly just minor speaking roles here and there. Um, like I mentioned before, Alex leaving the train just doesn't make any sense for me. I, I didn't see it from your perspective, Kat, but instinctively, I still feel like that mother bond would have overridden that inner mind. But no, 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 I can't say for sure. So um, now that we've discussed all the characters and some plot points, Let's say, how would you rate this this finale? Do, do, do you feel um, satisfied with the way it wound up overall? I mean, without picking any specific nit <laughs> or, or, or not. Um, I guess we'll cover potential fourth season thoughts after that. I know that we talked about this before. But uh, now that we've had a chance to pick each other's brains about it, has your attitude changed at all, Kat? I know you said you liked it originally. Is there anything new you want to add to that comment? No, I, I did enjoy it. I just think that it really just feels disconnected from like the season that we had with like the different pacing and everything. So, but overall, as like a season finale, I did like that there was a lot going on and then that they set up something, po- you know, for the next season. Maybe a more like mixed positive. Like, I don't think I, I didn't hate this episode, but I think I'm just mixed positive on some of these like questionable storylines. And I do feel like it's on the decline with the story, <laughs> but I do <laughs> like that in a post-apocalyptic world, especially like Snowpiercer, I do like that we're going to get this off train possibly scenario, but it just feels like the way we got there is a little bit too convenient. And like, there was no state like of them just going outside. I'll just leave it at mixed positive for this season finale. Mixed positive. What about you, Ines? Well, I was going to ask what was my scale for rating, you know, like we do on the Battle of the Movies. So yeah. I'm going to create mine, I guess, the Snowpiercer okay. cars. Snowpiercer cars? Snowpiercer cars. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How many Icy Bokies would I rate this? Um, <laughs> oh, man. On a scale um, to 10, you know, I probably say that I was entertained enough around like a 7. Around um, a 7. Yeah. The vicinity of a seven. Of a, a, a seven, but icy bokies, please. On a 10, but icy bokies scale. It's just because I felt like I needed more information about the logic. I did feel pretty upset. I think that overall, this entire season has been 
Hmm, not as fun as the previous seasons. There was just way too many illogical points for me to feel super happy about it. So for this one of what it was, I'm going to say that I liked the action that I, we were finally getting. I like w- everything Wilford was saying. I love everything that Melanie was saying. I enjoyed it enough. So I didn't hate it. I just really hate the things that I don't like. So it's like, I don't hate the episode, but the little things that I did really hate, it's like for big reasons, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm somewhere more in the four and a half LJ's dad's eyes um, <laughs> region. The pacing of it, like you mentioned, Kat, is totally uneven. So much happened in this episode. Every time there was a break or a shift in the editing, I was I was like, there's more? There, there's, there's, there, there's actually going to tell us more in this episode? Because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these betrayals and backroom agreements like like um, Melanie had with Mr. Wilford and her completely changing her mind and backstabbing him, that all usually plays out over episodes and doesn't just like happen so fast. We have like armies storming the hallways um, and very dramatic, like the kinds of clips you put in teasers for the episode. But when they play out in actuality and you think like, are they really going like single file up first class? Like, <laughs> is that how this is really going? Yes, is the answer. Uh, yeah, just over and over again while I was watching it, I was thinking, I don't like this. This is no, no, yeah. I don't I like this. I definitely understand how like you feel that way because I, I feel like I was really hateful in the beginning and then i did watch it again um and i was just like okay inez accept the constraints we're on a time constraint we have one episode left and this is just kind of wrapping up the story and so i just kind of watched it from that way and just and that's how i had to kind of do a little bit of adjustments and how i got myself from like a two all the way up to like a seven but because it's like okay i'm just gonna use my imagination to fill in why they had to do it in this really fast pace i hated how fast the episode went because I think that the topics of of what we were seeing were interesting and they deserved to be played out in a more interesting way but the characters that were involved I liked what they were doing I respect that I'm sorry that it was such a bummer (laughs) but the best part of my happy level formula was LJ dying like that was that did like spark a lot of joy for me Uh, a tent pole huh (laughs) Yeah, that was that was actually a little happy little scene just to have that meddlesome sort of buzzing wasp uh, <laughs> who hasn't had a major part in the story since the story was all about her in this first season, first six episodes or so of the first season since then. Um, so I'm glad that's done. Um, looking forward to season four. Until I see otherwise, I'm going to stand by the idea. Like we are going to pursue the story of Snowpiercer and Melanie and the people on that train. I mean, I understand that there's a lot of characters that left the train, a lot of very important characters that left the train, and you know, notable actors. Um, you could argue that for some, David Diggs is the face of the show. And if he's not on the show anymore, then there might not be a show as far as those people are concerned. I thought about that, too, for a a split second. But then I also remembered that Melanie was like the face of the show, like Mm -hmm. season one. So and and it did really well after she I don't know. Was she in season two? She was in season two. (laughs) Well, yeah, she was without the without the power struggle story that consumed 
a lot of seasons one through three and them leaving us with this whatever it could be missile or volcano shit flying in the sky or whatever it is that we saw at the end perhaps it turns to more of a straight up action kind of thing i don't know that would keep the same audience as engaged that decided to tune in to Snowpiercer in the first place. Maybe if they get back to their their roots of just surviving on the train, given the environmental difficulties and yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's always something to work against. And they, but the concept of the people on the train being their own internal enemies, that seems worn out at this point. All of this still reminds me, I've mentioned it before, it reminds me of Battlestar Galactica. I mean, there's even a portion of Battlestar Galactica when a bunch of people get off on a new planet called New Caprica. I guess that's part of the story in these sorts of things, is it's got to have a new something. <laughs> and then that's where that people go. And it would just be so curious to see if they do keep up with New Eden, what happens then? Because I've seen Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I know how it goes in that story. So I wonder if if it would play out more or less the same. I don't want to spoil it for you because Battlestar Galactica is worth watching. If you, if you like this, you'll like that. Do you guys have any uh, thoughts or predictions in terms of what you might look forward to in season four, knowing and, and disclaiming to any potential listeners that we don't know. We don't have any inside line on any of that stuff. Well, I mean, they did set it up. With that missile going off three months later, I do mm -hmm. wish, you know, if they're kind of going out with the season four, that they would have had a bigger time jump. So, like, maybe it would have been cool to see, since we saw that New Aiden was possibly inhabitable, you know, like, we don't know, like, maybe the nights become super freezing and they have to, you know, they're screwed or whatever. I don't know. But, like, if we're going off this assumption that, well, they are able to set up camp there, it would have been cool to maybe, like jump forward like five years especially since ben or someone told melanie oh the, the train can last maybe an, another few decades or something if you really hone it in so maybe like five years would have been okay because that means they don't have to kind of do too much like melanie doesn't have to be an old woman she can be still be who she you know like everyone can still be their same like at least the adult characters but maybe like we would have like a kid um what's the the miles no not miles um winnie no, no well Min winnie. winnie would be like a teenager and then the baby uh, liana yeah would be like five like it would have felt nice to sort of have that like see them sort of set up the camp um in the season premiere of like season four but who's to say like maybe the three months go by and then like halfway because i feel like they can do whatever they want at this point so maybe like halfway during season four they could do a time jump you know like when series go towards like the end they do those sort of things <laughs> um because they're like well fuck mm -hmm. it we're going yeah. out you know so they, it could still be a possibility so i guess that's my prediction of some sort of time jump either uh, in the middle towards the end and that's kind of what I want to see because if we've gotten off off the train just ride it you know like really go at it you know with that and like I don't know if I really want to see anything or like I don't know what's going on with this missile thing that seems a little silly unless they're trying just to get the if they lost connection with Snowpiercer and maybe that's the way to get you know Melanie's attention <laughs> but I just want to see how they're gonna live off world and then like how how may, maybe Melanie and Snowpiercer can kind of get to them as well maybe if they're like you know she knows that it's actually inhabitable and she's like oh let's go let's go over there that's my hope <laughs> all right makes sense what about you hmm. 
I would like to see how they start setting up their infrastructure in New Eden. Maybe Ruth will be a leader now. (laughs) 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 So funny. Um, And and I would like to kind of see some of the stuff that I've read from the groups of what circumstances that exist in the graphic novels. You know, uh, I've mentioned it before on our podcast earlier this season and then also last season about these like underground communities. Like this is part of the graphic novel story. So like, why haven't we gotten a chance to like experience that yet? So Mm. I'm being hopeful again. Here I am again. And the season three asking for this please let me see what this looks like and what this experience is like i just have so much curiosities around it and the science around it so that would be really fun for me and as far as that missile i like really don't have like much to go off if i don't really know like what to think what would logically like cause that missile to have been launched i don't have a fucking clue so um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Wilford's little closet. He manufactured one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you had the idea a second ago of maybe someone trying to get their attention. That's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. If there was something that could survive a man-made ice age, it probably would be somebody underground or held within, say, a mountain or a base, perhaps inside a mountain. Who knows? So someone like that constantly seeing on whatever functioning equipment they still have that this train is still just out there doing its thing. Maybe they need to get their attention to to help to help them yeah. in, in some way. Or, you know, of course, there could be all sorts of crazy shit that could happen. <laughs> and and if, uh, if they did, ulterior motives, et cetera, et cetera, all of the wasted potential that could have happened with the Asha storyline but didn't. That's another part of season three that they could have done so much with her, but just killing her. Just what? 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 Okay. Well, guys, it's been 86 minutes of of nonstop, (laughs) you know, positivity and smiley faces about (laughs) the end of season three of Snowpiercer. And I'd like to thank you for all the time and effort you've put into this season. I've had a good time talking to you guys, as I always do on all of the podcasts we do together. And you guys help me see some aspects of the various characters and plots and motivations and things that I never would have come up with by myself. So I'm glad you guys are here to help me see it another way because no one would listen to it if it was just me. So thank you guys. <laughs> Yay. Do we have like an applause sound? Or do you want to do like a celebratory sound on Paul? <laughs> All right. One, this I one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't bring any sounds over. That's a bummer. <sighs> you have like LJ choking on her eye. Like you grab that sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can do it ourselves. Like, woo. Yay. Yeah. Regardless of how, how the season has gone, it's, always fun discussing tv with y'all and so i well i don't know how season four will go maybe i'll go down the toilet or whatever at least we'll have each other to go to talk to you about it <laughs> <laughs> hey you know my mash my mash destiny said i work in compost so yeah i'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll lay out the yeah. path for us but yeah i absolutely had so much fun with both of you getting to know you both even better um this time around and yeah i i look forward to hanging out again for season four. Oh, 
If uh, people wanted to get in touch with you guys in the interim, where would they find you, Kat? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Things Cat Loves, and I'll just be posting a lot of my dog photos. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Ines? I can be found hanging out in the Snowpiercer fan groups and Facebook. I love reading all of those and engaging with um, everybody. And I bring a lot of those ideas and perspectives into this conversation. So thank you for everybody who, um, you know, for the really fun, engaging conversations on there. And then also, you know, on Twitter at Neasy Thinks. Neasy things. All right. Well, once again, guys, thanks a lot. If you like this podcast, we have a bunch of them at Pod Clubhouse. Take a look and see if there's other shows that you like. Um, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. A high rating would help other people find the podcast and listen and, and enjoy our <laughs> rays of sunshine and <laughs> positivity about some characters anyway. So thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next season. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse!